Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. My message today is the tale of two basins. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a pastor friend of mine, and he was sharing with me uh, what he was preaching for the week. And as he was sharing what, what was on his heart, um, I was like, man, that is so good. Can I steal that from you? And uh, he generously gave me permission. And, uh, you know, everybody's stealing content from somebody, right? And so today, the inspiration for my message was that conversation with my pastor friend. Today, I want to juxtapose two stories in the Gospels that were actually less than 24 hours apart. Both of these stories involve basins. Both of these stories are at the end of Jesus's earthly life, right before he was crucified. I want to talk to you today about the tale of two basins. If you could turn in your Bibles or your iPads or phones to Matthew chapter number 27, we're going to be reading verses 24 through 26. Then we're going to jump to the gospel of John chapter number 13. So Matthew 27 Verse 24, when Pilate realized that a riot was about to break out and that it was useless to try to reason with the crowd, he sent for a basin of water. After washing his hands in front of the people, he said, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous man. The responsibility for his death is now yours. And the crowd replied, let his blood be on us and on our children. So he released Barabbas to the people. He ordered that Jesus be beaten with a whip made of leather straps embedded with metal and afterward be crucified. Let's jump over to John chapter number 13 now, and I'm starting with verse number one. Jesus knew that the night before Passover would be his last night on earth before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. Before their evening meal had begun, the accuser had already planted betrayal into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control, for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. In these two stories, we see both Pilate and Jesus using a basin, but for vastly different reasons. Pilate, who was the Roman governor of Judea and was directly answerable to the emperor, he had full authority to either crucify people or let them go free. He was a man of great status. It was up to Pilate what to do with Jesus. But, but here's the deal. Pilate saw no fault or guilt in Jesus when the Jewish leaders brought him to him. He, he saw no guilt. He saw no fault in Jesus and the accusations that they were bringing uh, about him. So Pilate brings out Barabbas, who was a murderer, and it was custom at Passover for the governor to pardon a criminal and release them. And so Pilate asks the people, the crowd standing there, who should I release? Should I release Barabbas or should I release Jesus? 
While Pilate was sitting on his judgment seat with Jesus and Barabbas with him, Pilate's wife sends him an urgent message saying, Do not touch this righteous man. I had a dream about him last night. I was suffering all night long with this dream. And so do not touch him. So this is all happening at the same time as he has Barabbas and Jesus right in front of him with the crowd right there as well. And while all this is happening, if this wasn't enough, the Jewish leaders were inciting the crowd to have them ask for Barabbas to be released. They even used intimidation with Pilate saying, how would Caesar feel if he found out that you released someone that, can, that called himself our king? Isn't Caesar the only king in this empire? They were threatening Pilate and trying to incite fear in Pilate that Caesar was going to come after him if he didn't do what they wanted him to do. At this moment, Pilate had a choice to make, to release an innocent man or to condemn him. The decision was in his hands. The choice was his. He couldn't delegate this to anyone else. So what does he do? What does Pilate do? Well, let's reread Matthew 27, 24. When Pilate realized that a riot was about to break out and that it was useless to try to reason with the crowd, he sent for a basin of water. After washing his hands in front of the people, he said, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous man. The responsibility for his death is now yours. Pilate tries to wash his hands from the responsibility of doing the right thing. James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Right now in our current moment with the outbreak of the coronavirus and the pieces we are having to pick up in the aftermath, we, you and I, we have a decision to make. Do we wash our hands of the responsibility of being the church during this difficult time? Or do we do what we know is the right thing to do? Do we say, well, as long as I'm safe and healthy, that's all that matters? Or are we looking to help others who are struggling right now? As God is calling us into a deeper relationship with Him, we can either use our extra time to cultivate that relationship or we can waste that time in meaningless activity. We can either waste that time or we can use this time in our homes quarantine to develop a deeper connection and transformative relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is my prayer for all of you, that you are taking this time to deepen your connection and your relationship and your friendship with Jesus during this time. You know, just because I left New York City does not mean I have washed my hands of the responsibility of being the pastor of the Grace Place NYC. I am still reaching out to my people. I am still preparing messages to feed my flock. I am still praying for my people every single day. I am still grieving with my people who have lost a loved one or, or who have gotten sick. I have not stopped, nor will I stop. Amen? Back to our stories. Just less than 24 hours before Pilate's actions, Jesus used a basin as well. Before they had the Last Supper together, Jesus wanted to express the full measure of his love for them. So what does he do? Does he give them a grand speech? No. Does he buy them designer robes for them to wear? No. Does he purchase them preachers and sneakers worthy sandals for them as is 
uh, last day parting gift for his disciples? No, he doesn't. What does Jesus do to show his full measure of love for his disciples who he spent the last three and a half years doing life with? He washes their feet. He washes their feet. He doesn't just tell them he loves them. He shows them. John 13, 5 again says this, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. One commentary reads, In Middle Eastern countries, it was the slaves who washed the feet of guests. Here, Christ took the place of a slave. Can you think about I mean, just think about that for a moment. The God of the universe, the Messiah, our Savior, took on the job of a slave in that moment. Foot washing was necessary in first century Israel because everyone wore sandals during the time and the streets were made of dirt and there were all sorts of different animals that were walking around on the streets. I think you get the picture of what this could look like and smell like. Uh, it's kind of like walking around in Hamilton Heights, which is my neighborhood in New York City. When you're walking, you better look down or you may step in something squishy. You never know. Let's just say people do not clean up after their dogs in my neighborhood. Uh, there were four reasons that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Number one, to exemplify humility and servanthood. Number two, uh, he washed their feet to confront the disciples' prideful, ambitious hearts. Uh, Luke tells us in his gospel in chapter 22 and verse 24 that while they were sitting down eating the Last Supper together, a dispute arose among them about which one of them would be regarded as the greatest. These disciples are not unlike you and I pining for authority, for power, for notoriety, and for attention. Jesus responds to their selfish ambition by becoming like a slave to them and washing their feet. The third reason Jesus washed the disciples' feet was to foreshadow what he was about to do, going to the cross and, 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 and show us the ultimate example of humility and servanthood. So this was a foreshadowing of what was to come less than 24 hours later. And then number four, he washed the disciples' feet to model to his disciples how they should treat one another once he's gone. He didn't just wash their feet so they could sit around and say, wow, I can't believe my master, I can't believe my savior, I can't believe my rabbi would, would, would lower himself to wash my feet. No, Jesus did that to model how the disciples needed to treat each other once he ascended to heaven. Uh, John 13, 14 and 15 says this, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Church, something that we miss quite often is everything Jesus did that were recorded in the Gospels, he did that so you and I as his disciples could do the same thing. So if he healed the sick, if he healed the sick, we should be praying for the sick. Okay? If he loved the 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 misfits and the marginalized in society, that is what you and I should do. If he loved sacrificially, then that is exactly what you and I as his disciples should do. So what I want to do is I want to share with you three ways Pilate and Jesus differed in their use of the basin. And they differed quite uh, drastically as we, as we compare these two stories together side by side. Number one, Pilate washed his hands from his responsibility. 
Jesus took on the responsibility that was not his. Pilate said, the responsibility for the crucifixion of Jesus is yours, talking to the Jewish leaders. No, it wasn't. His inaction was an action. Every inaction that you take is an action. Every time you're silent when you should speak up, that's an action. Every time you hold back when you should give, that's an action. Uh, Pilate thought he was avoiding the blood being on his hands, but his avoidance of responsibility placed Jesus' blood squarely on his hands. Church, we can't afford to wash our hands of the responsibility of praying for those in our lives and in our church who are suffering right now, who are hurting right now. We must not wash our hands of reaching out to people in our church to see how they are coping with everything. We must not wash our hands of walking with people through this difficult season of our, of our lives or of their lives, even if we are going through a difficult time in our own lives. We can't wash our hands of the responsibility of walking with others during this season. We must not wash our hands of the personal responsibility of spending time with God in silence and solitude, stilling our hearts before him and repenting of bad uh, uh, attitudes and heart issues. We cannot wash our hands of that responsibility. Let's not wash our hands of responsibility by saying someone else will do it. No, they won't. You and I should be the hands and feet of Jesus. We shouldn't expect someone else to do it because they're not going to do it. Let's not wash our hands of the responsibility by saying, that's not my job. Well, washing the disciples' feet was definitely not Jesus' job, but he did it, right? The disciples should have been washing his feet. He was their rabbi. He was their teacher. He was their master. But he didn't say, that's not my job, so I'm not going to do it. No, he grabbed his he grabbed a towel, he grabbed a basin, he got some water, and he started washing their dirty feet. Paying for the sins of humanity while having no sins of his own was not God's job, but he still did it. In this new normal, we're going to have to wear different hats. We're going to have to wear new hats. You know, Christian, he, he uh, God bless his soul, he has... Uh, he's become our video editor for our church. That's a new hat that he's wearing. You know, Willie and Martine and Nora have become uh, food and grocery and es essential distributors for our church in this, in this new season. I have become a professional uh, Zoom call organizer trying to pastor our church virtually during this season. We're all required to wear different hats because we're in a different Season. We're in an unprecedented season, so we all have to come together in unity, and we all have to be willing to put on a different hat in this season and in this time. The second difference between Pilate and Jesus is this. Pilate washed his hands of the mess. Jesus lowered himself into the mess. When Pilate realized that protesting and a riot was about to break out, that's when he asked for a basin to wash his hands. He washed his hands in order to appease the crowd, even though it went against his conscience. Did you hear that? He washed his hands of the conflict and the situation, even though it went against his conscience. Jesus, on the other hand, didn't look at his disciples' feet all smelly and crusty and dirty and nasty and say, Nah, dog, I'm not about that life. I am about to wash your feet. You should be washing my feet. No, he didn't do any of that. 
He bent down, lowered himself to their feet, and washed their mess. And ultimately, he humbled and lowered himself and went to the cross to wash our sinful mess once and for all. In this passage that I'm going to read for you, Paul puts theological language to what Jesus did when he washed his disciples' feet. And I'm reading Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-8, through 8, and it says this, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus lowered himself into our mess in order to clean us up, because we could never clean ourselves up. Even in the midst of the crisis we find ourselves in, who can you serve? Whose feet can you wash? Whose mess can you clean up? That might be a phone call or a FaceTime or a Marco Polo message to somebody just checking up on them just to do it. That might be financial assistance. It might be taking groceries and necessities to someone who can't get out of their apartment. It might be simply allowing someone to safely cry in your presence. The third difference between Jesus and Pilate when it came to using this basin is this. Pilate washed his hands of any blame. Jesus took our blame. Pilate said, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous man. The responsibility for his death is now yours. In John 13, verses 6 through 8, it says this. But when Jesus got to Simon Peter, he objected and said, I can't let you wash my dirty feet. You're my Lord. Jesus replied, you don't understand yet the meaning of what I'm doing, but soon it will be clear to you. Peter looked at Jesus and said, you'll never wash my dirty feet, never. But Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, Jesus responded, then you will not be able to share life with me. Pilate knew what the right thing to do, but because of fear and a desire to appease the crowd, he didn't do it. Not only did he not do what he knew was right, he also shifted the blame to the religious leaders. He also washed his hand of any blame on himself. He tried to convince himself that through the act of washing his hands, he was innocent of what he was allowing to happen to Jesus. Shifting the blame. He was washing his hands of the responsibility. He was saying, it's your fault, not my fault. I tried. I did what I could but you're not listening, so his blood's on your hands. But Jesus, when Peter refuses to allow him to wash his feet, tells him that if you don't allow me to do this for you, if you don't allow me to do this for you, you can't share in the joy of the salvation that I'm about to bring to humanity. If you don't allow me to wash your feet, if you don't allow me to clean your mess, if you don't allow me to wash you right now, I can't share the joy of my salvation with you, Peter. So you need to allow me to do this. It reminds me of a verse in Romans, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ 
died for us. That while we were still sinners, that while we were still enemies of God, while we were still uh, uh, while we were still doing things that blasphemed the name of God, while we were doing things that hurt the heart of God, while we were doing things in direct contradiction of who God is and what He's all about, He loved us and Christ died for us. That is amazing. He took our blame and paid the price for our freedom. Amen? Jesus didn't refuse to love us because we rejected him. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. While Stephen Joseph Paramala was sinning, was disobeying God, was, was doing things that, that hurt himself and hurt other people, while he was lying and stealing and being immoral, while Stephen Joseph Paramala was 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 spitting in the face of God, Christ still died for me. And the same is true of you. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And maybe there's someone watching on here today. Maybe you are still a sinner. And I want you to know that God loved you so much that while you are in the place that you're in, whatever you're going through right now, whatever is going on in your heart, I want you to know that God loved you so much that he sent Christ to die for you. And, and Father God does not expect you to clean yourself up first. If you come to Jesus, Jesus will take care of that. What you need to do is surrender your life to him today and come to him. Come to him with open arms and accept him by faith and accept what he did for you. He took your blame. He took your shame. He took your sin and he took the penalty of that sin upon himself on the cross to give you freedom because he loves you. So I want you to know that today. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about the Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.